Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hey folks, bless you. Thank you for listening today. If you've been listening this week, you know we're doing a study on Philemon led by my associate Maxwell Buchanan and along here with uh, Brandon Myers, our youth pastor at Cloverdale. And Brandon is uh, recent on staff here the last several months. Came from, I believe it was True Hope Church in downtown Boise where yes, his sir. mother's on staff. Indeed, that is correct. A great church. And mm-hmm. they've planted church uh, several churches too down there. And we got a lot of great churches in Treasure Valley. You know, be involved in one of them. If you're out at our way, hey, we'd love to have you at Cloverdale Church of God. You're out Amity Victory Way. If you're downtown near Boise High School that way, hey, get over there to True Hope and uh, check them out, yeah. you know, or wherever. You know, if you're out you're out on uh, Chinden out there, go out to Rock Harbor. That's where my daughter goes to church, Pastor Keith. Or go over to Napa to Grace Bible, Pastor Keith over there, or <laughs> Brian Seidel, Oregon Trail <laughs> Church off Middleton Exit and called. There's so many great churches. You know that, guys? Yeah. They're really going to appreciate the free shout-outs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It's important because it's not the church. It's the Bible. It's God. It's serving him. And that's what Max has been teaching us this week about the story of Philemon. So, Max, without further ado, I'll let you continue. Yeah, so the first one, we got through the greeting, and we kind of looked at who Philemon was. We have established that he had this bond servant who ran away. His name is Omnius. And now Paul has met Omnius because he came to him because he was in trouble, and obviously for running away and probably stealing from him. And now he's sending him back. And Paul, in his opening of the letter, reminds uh, Philemon that we're all under grace. He said he's refreshed by what he's been hearing of the coming out of his church. And not only that, but they share in fellowship with each other. And that's koinonia. And it's different than, you know, like fellowship luncheons that we have at church. He's saying we're all under grace. We all, uh, you know, are under the same blanket, under the same umbrella. And he's saying that we need to realize that, that no one's ahead of each other, that we're all humans. We're all sinful. We've all fallen and we are together in this. But because of that grace, we are now commissioned to, uh, you know, really be evangelistic about this grace, that we have a changed life and that people can see that changed life. And so no matter where we go or what we do, hopefully we're exemplifying Christ. And that's what we're going to get more into today is as we read the from verse 8 to 12, it was a plea that Paul was writing. And he says, forgive Omnius of his sins. He's like, he literally, he sinned against you. We know that you ran away. He probably took something from you. He betrayed his terms of you bringing him in as a bond servant. Legally, you could carry out this whole branding him as a fugitive or have him thrown in jail. But I'm asking you to forgive him of that because he is one of these saints that you love, as we have already seen from verses four to seven. And so now jumping in at verse 12. Brandon, do you want to jump in and read at verse 12? And then um, we'll just stop at verse, uh, you can read through 17. Through 17. Mm -hmm. All right. Verse 12. I am sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without consent so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was you might have you might have him back for good. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. 
Right on. And so what Paul is saying is he's saying it's not good enough to just forgive him of his iniquities that he has against you of running away and probably stealing from you. He says, also, think of it this way. Receive him as you are receiving me. He uses this word koinonia again. Actually, it's a little bit different of word, but it means the same thing, koinonia. And they they say partnership in our English translations. If you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. And do we realize what he's saying here? He's saying, not only do I want you to forgive him, but I want you to invite him to be a part of your family because he belongs to the Lord. And even though families can be messy and, and everything that goes on with that, he's saying, receive him now. Now because he is your brother. He is your brother in the Lord. Not only that, receive him like you would be receiving me. And so as Paul's writing this, this is a tall order because he's saying forgiveness is in order, but I want you to take that one step further and realize that he's a valued member under the same grace that you are. He's saying at the foot of the cross, it's no longer slave or free like he writes in Colossians. He says it's just Christ and it should be about Christ. And so by doing this, you're now saying that you are going to invite him in as a brother. You're going to receive him as you receive me. And so does either one of you have a a story of just where you've had to extend grace and you said, okay, not only do I forgive you, but you stepped in and reconciled a relationship because you know it spoke volumes of what Christ has done in your own life. And you're saying, I want to put the the iniquities aside. I want to put away the rumors, all of that stuff come together because I believe that God has called us to be family. Well, I had several years ago and, and over 30 years ago, 32 years ago, we had a guy that come and he had just got out of jail and he he had all sorts of issues but we loved him and he he became very dynamic in his faith but he fell he fell hard again went back to prison for years and years and in prison he would again rehabilitate and again it would touch a lot of lives and that process happened about three different times and but his influence out of the prison was huge he brought more people to Christ and he ended up, unfortunately, died a number of years ago, and they even put a little memorial out there because he had touched so many lives. But I remember welcoming him back and telling people, no, you know, some people, well, he'll do it again. It'll just, it's just, you know. And I said, well, you know, we got to love him and encourage him. And, you know, that's what we did. And then I think of one other story, and that's with, you guys know Cindy in our church, Cindy Elric Real. Mm-hmm. And Cindy, her uh, daughter and her son-in-law— uh, lived back back east, I mean, or Midwest somewhere, and well, he ended up throwing his, his, her son-in-law through her daughter over a cliff and murdered her. And so he was in prison for you know he's in prison for life. Mm-hmm. And I remember Cindy talking about I just couldn't forgive him. I had such a hard time forgiving. I do you know? I can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's like the worst, ch- yeah. yeah, worst thing ever. And mm-hmm. but she, I remember the story about her going back to prison and reconcile and accepting him and and who he was and and giving that to the Lord and and that's real. I mean that's I don't care who you are. There's things that are tough in life, but sometimes when you get burnt over and over again, it's hard to reconcile. Yeah, and I think um, so. Is the first one where you're talking about the um, the person in prison that fell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I know who you're talking about. And we had a funeral for him when I was pretty new here. And it was crazy the yep. people that would yes. come and testify, oh, he yep. did this out at the prison, did this out. And it was crazy because it was almost like God, you know, I mean, he's sovereign over these things. And so he used this fall, even though he, you know, he was in this terrible situation and, and back in prison. It was like God used him so greatly to reach so many more inmates and all this stuff. And so, um, you know, it was crazy. And, and how much uh, more effective was he, he was because he had people 
people loving him and cheering for him, mm-hmm. even from the outside looking in and saying, no, you know, your identity is in Christ. We know that you've screwed up and screwed up badly, and now you're in prison again. Um, but it seemed like from all of the testimonies that I heard of people and everything, and even people that had gotten out of prison and knew him and all that, was that since he had everybody rooting for him and forgiveness on his side, he was able to exemplify that as well throughout the prison. And so that was that was a pretty cool Pretty cool service to be at. Yep. Yeah. Right. And Brandon, what about you? I mean, nothing as as crazy as prison or anything like that. But <laughs> um, I can I can think of a time my freshman year of college. I went to uh, Weber State University in Ogden, Utah. Go you play football? I did not play football. Oh. No, I was not very skilled at the football. <laughs> okay. But uh, go Wildcats. Yeah. Um, and and I had a psychology class, like a psych one hundred and one class. Um, I did not enjoy the class very much but hey it was a class i had to take so i did it and the class was set up where we had to do group projects like every other week and so we just had a ton of group projects it was kind of a weird setup for a class but we had these same groups every single time and so you you got to know the people in your group fairly well and there was one guy in our group who was very flaky he would he would finish his part of assignments and projects super last minute Half the time he didn't do them, and there it came to a point where it was semester time, and we had this one last final, this group final, that was basically solidify our grade, and uh, we were most of us were teetering on the low A, almost B, and we all really wanted that A, and um, we we all finished our side of the project, and and you know typical typical guy he he didn't do his part. And he didn't do it, and we had to take a zero on it. We took an F on it, and uh, oh. and that was pretty brutal because that didn't that dropped my grade almost all the way to a C. Yeah, to take a uh, a zero, and in college that's pretty pretty brutal. And uh, we were all very upset at uh, upset at him, and I'm sure some people in the group sent him some choice words texts <laughs> to him. But the the cool part was was right before the semester had ended, he had went to the professor and said, hey. I didn't do my part. They all did their part. Let me take a zero, um, give them all a fair grade. And uh, thankfully the professor was uh, re- re-read our assignments and all that and gave us gave the rest of us a fair grade, gave gave this guy a zero. So so he really earned earned some grace and some points with us and and you know he he came to us and said, Hey, I that was that was a bad move on my part. I apologize. I'm sorry. He said, I get it if you want me to never see you guys again. <laughs> That's okay. But, you know, we all kind of looked at him and said, you know what? It's it's all good. We, we forgive you. Yeah. And so I think it's cool because in Philemon here, we have this example that doesn't really relate to our time and culture, but the heart behind it's the same. Is that this idea of forgiveness, we're all one under Christ, and we are to exemplify that in our relationships. So whether that's somebody that we spend time with that got out of prison or Cindy Real's experience with having to forgive, uh, you know, of this heinous crime that happened to her own daughter or something as simple as, you know, people at school and such is that this book is really applicable. And so as Paul writes, this to Philemon, we can step into the shoes and say, man, how can I act with grace? How can I invite somebody to be back again, a part of this family? Well, you're going to tie up the rest of the uh, book tomorrow. Yep. And folks, thanks for listening. It's been great having these guys with us. It's been fun for me just to be able to uh, just mingle with them. And I hope you're enjoying the study of Philemon. And like I said, you can go online and you can uh, go back to the archive and look up the other shows. Lord bless you. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. 
If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.